What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Dream a Little, the podcast that's all about helping you feel confident about your kinks so that you can enjoy it with your significant other. I'm your host, Lo. Thank you for listening. I'm really excited for you to hear Chan's story on today's episode. It's always inspiring to hear from someone who has success opening up about ABDL, but it's especially inspiring to hear from someone like Chan who waited until he was years into his relationship to open up. I know a lot of you out there listening right now are going to find this relatable, and I hope it gives you a new perspective on how the conversation can potentially go well. This is part one, so stay tuned for part two of our Q&A with Chan next week. By the way, if you enjoyed today's episode and you want to reach out to Chan or follow along with him on social media, you can find all his info in the show notes of this episode at thelittlelounge.com slash 147. On that same page, you'll also find a video to my latest Nurturing Mommy roleplay. So if you want to experience what it's like to be my little, you don't want to miss that. Again, you can find all of this at thelittlelounge.com slash 147. All right, I won't make you wait any longer. Let's get started. What's up, Chan? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Lo. It's a real honor. I know. I'm really excited <laughs> to get to talk to you today. Yeah. Long-time listener. First-time talker. So exciting. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. So what do you identify as within like the ABDL community? Primarily a DL. I think I, in a lot of ways, I, I, I like the term fetishist. To me, it's definitely like the diaper is a fetish object that holds sort of this you know, power and sway over me. The same way I think like leather pants might for a different kind of fetishist or shoe, certain shoes. So like both, you know, I love the way it feels on me. I like the way it looks on me and looks on other people. And yeah, it's part of like, to me, it's like part of a, like a tool to use kind of in a lot of ways. And that being said, even the older I've gotten, I feel like um, I've really come to appreciate more of the AB side. First, I think it was the way watching the internet changed. You know, I might be a little bit older than some other people or even people in the ABDL community. I'm, I'm in my mid-30s, so I, I kind of watched online like a lot of the terminology change going from when it used to be like infantilism. Do you remember that? I do remember that, actually. Yeah. yeah. And I never liked that term because it kind of sounded like a diagnosis versus like, you know, a kink. Totally. <laughs> and uh, I didn't like that it had the word infant in it. I think it helped confuse people about what it was and made us feel more ashamed that we we're going to be linked to pedophilia, for example. So I liked when ABDL came out as a term. I don't remember when I first started seeing that. but um, And also, I think a lot of the initial content I was seeing online, especially like Instagram, was very DDLG, adult baby style, which I really liked because it was this visibility. There was all these young people putting themselves out there, and they were like brand ambassadors for these diaper companies and onesies companies, you know? Yeah. And so I sort of felt like I wanted to be part of this community, even though for me, I'm not really, I don't often think of myself as a little in like a sexual space. I do enjoy getting padded and watching, you know, cartoons or playing video games with my partner. And it's very, it is very relaxing in that way. But in terms of transitioning from that to like a sexual play, it then come for me becomes more of sort of like, I think what you might've talked about recently with someone in like a dark age play context. Yeah. I never heard that term before. Yeah, I never heard that term. I don't know if you want to try to restate what you feel like that was defined as from your previous caller, or if you just want me to go into what I think about it. No, just go, I go ahead. I yeah. feel like it's different for everyone. Yeah, to me, it's like my main one of my sort of main kinks is the um, idea of just being teased, humiliated, even sort of like going into the term degradation, but it's more soft for me. Like I, I want like a dominant, 
you know, sort of mommy to, st- as I don't want to pretend to be a baby. I want it to be like I'm an adult who's being punished and sort of babyfied, even like feminized or sissified because of like bad behavior. Yes. That makes sense. Okay, so it's more so, like soft, yeah. soft and gentle humiliation, not really yeah, like regression exactly. so much. Yeah, in the same way like a spanking that is sort of like, you know, this is for your own good or you're clearly not able to act like an adult, so you're going to get, which, you know, is a very common, I think, language you would see in like other, <laughs> like ABDL stories online or videos, which is like the wife or the secretary or the girlfriend or even like if you're doing a little bit more age play like the babysitter telling the like teenager like i can't believe you even need a babysitter you know like yeah like, i'm gonna treat you like a baby that's that's kind of where i fit into it so i think it's definitely fully in the abdl world uh, the diaper is my primary fetish though i like a lot of other aspects of bdsm that i've learned later you know um yeah. i think you've experienced this too where I never thought of myself as someone who was necessarily in the pet play or puppy play until I sort of saw other people that were very embracing of, I feel like pet play, pup, pup play, oh, sorry, kitten play or pup play within the community are very, are people that are very um, sort of accepting understanding of ABDLs. Absolutely. Whereas in the past, maybe more like sort of hard bondage people were always sort of creeped out or weirded out or just didn't feel like they were part of the same community. So I really came to respect also, people that are into like the rope stuff, shibari stuff. Also, there seems to be some crossover with diaper stuff. So that made me really interested in exploring those different kinks and getting to know people. Not and again, I'm I'm actually I haven't said this, but I'm in a monogamous relationship. I enjoy talking about it with people the same way you do, and like learning about what their dynamics are. I love talking to people about you know what their life was like and just sort of how their kink fits into their identity. So I'm, it's made me open to more exploring stuff. Like I've been interested in exploring pet play and I'm interested in exploring rope bondage, but definitely diapers are like my, my main dude, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. It sounds like it's just really cool to see the evolution of how you've evolved over the years and you've kind yeah. of, a, you know, you're trying new things and, you know, keeping it spicy, keeping it kinky. Yeah. That's really Trying, cool. yeah. So when did you realize that this was, or that diapers were something that Mm -hmm. you were into? I'm one of those people that's as long as I can remember. But I don't have like childhood memories of like wanting to be back in diapers when I was really young. I don't have a lot of like really young childhood memories. I don't remember like being potty trained. I don't remember, you know, like I I think a lot of people like assume that there's some sort of trauma around potty training maybe. I definitely remember some like a lot of bedwetting incidents, but not necessarily being shamed or put back into diapers for it. I remember being young and just always sort of them being this thing in me, but you know, before puberty, but there was something, this like little electric charge that they gave me, the idea of them like, when they would show up in cartoons where like an older, like cartoon character would be like baby. And it would like really give me this feeling in my stomach and just other things when you would see sort of weird adult baby imagery, like are used in like commercials and stuff. Yes. And, yeah. So like there was like a commercial I remember for like, you could get this Rugrats watch at Burger King or something. And it featured these like models walking down a runway in diapers. It was like diapers with a new look. And I remember being like, oh my God. And I can never find it later. And I finally remember finding it on YouTube like years, a couple of years ago. Whatever. Right. Because back then like, you couldn't even like rewind yeah, you or like find pause it. it or yeah. <laughs> there was like a Tom and Jerry episode where the cat Tom had been dressed up like a baby by like the girl that owned him. And then she left. And then these other cats, street cats, and, and then Jerry the mouse come in and just like humiliate and tease him for being a baby. That would always give me these crazy feelings in my stomach. So I didn't really know what it was. I knew that it was wrong. And I remember always thinking, when I get to puberty, it's going to go away. This is just some weird remnant from childhood. It's not permanent. 
but I used to lay in bed at night and just like concoct these long sort of fantasies or stories where I was being like babied by a more older girl or woman. So it'd be like a teacher or a babysitter or even like an older sister. I'm not like into an, an incest thing. Right. It was like, fantasy. it was more like, yeah, it was fantasy because I didn't have a sister. So just, she seemed like an, a good opportunity. What would be like a realistic dominant female that would like baby me yeah. against my will or like, so that was like an ongoing, and I would write these like long stories that would continue the next night in my head. You know, there was like, so, so they were like really in depth. And that was like my fantasy life. That was like my bedtime ritual. And then I think it was, I think I might've seen some of the Jerry Springer stuff that I know you mentioned. That's really awful, but I don't know if I did at the time, I, but I remember getting the internet, you know, at my age, we like first had internet and, and stuff in my house, probably when I was like 10 or 11. I don't remember, but finding thinking I was just searching for probably, I don't know what I thought I was looking for, but then finding out that there was this real community of people that were adults that were into it and that they were like infantilists and that it wasn't something you could change about yourself, that it was just, and I was like, I wasn't relieved. I was devastated. I was like, oh no, this isn't going to change about me. I remember it was like one of the saddest days of my life. I like went into my room and was like trying to watch TV or in the living room or whatever. I was just like, oh no, this is who I am and I can't change it. And I'm always going to be like this freak. Because it wasn't, it wasn't like I'd found a community out of peers or anyone that was like going to make me feel like I wasn't alone. All I knew was that there was like this depravity that I had. That like, so that was like sort of the first feeling of like knowing that even as I got into puberty, it was only going to get stronger even maybe. So that's, that's my sort of semi-sad story of like how long it's lasted. But of course, everything gets, has gotten better since then. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I remember also searching for, I don't even know what I was looking for, but I found you know, ABGL content and stuff. And I actually, like, sometimes the content that I would find would make me feel, like, a little bit more weird (laughs) than I I thought that I was because, you know, just the quality of it and just, like, a lot of people are just by themselves in their Mm -hmm. room, like, recording it. And I'm like, is this what my life is going to be like is just having to hide this in shame forever? Like, that sounds pretty awful, you know? Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't cute or lit well or like you're saying it was like on the even just the quality of the cameras we had then and even just nothing against these people but maybe the people that felt comfortable enough to post this stuff were people living in sort of rural isolated areas so yes. like weird pictures of people like outside or near a barn and it was like this guy with a this like skinny guy with a beard and it looked like some something it was like an inherent and again these people are probably sweet people, but it was something inherently creepy about the initial image, right? Yes. I mean, there's yeah. a way to go about it that can make it seem a little bit cute or a little bit creepy. And I feel like for the most yeah. part, a lot of people, especially back then, weren't willing to put themselves out there on yeah. the internet like we have today. There's a lot of more cute content out there that makes you feel a yeah, little bit better totally. about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about, you know, how this affected your, like, your relationships growing up. It sounds like even yeah. from the get-go, you were devastated about it. You probably felt, like, guilty about it. So how did you, Yeah. how did that affect you? I mean, it was this thing that I knew was my biggest secret. At first, I was afraid it would be one of those things that if I was, like, say, like, when I was younger, I was worried that if I was drunk or on, like, a psychedelic or something, it would come out and I would be, like, my life would be ruined. Yeah. So I was, like, actually, like, afraid to take, like, certain kinds of drugs which I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I have taken any drugs ever, but I'm saying that I was intimidated by them because I thought if I'm open and honest, I'm going to tell my best friends that I'm into diapers, you know, and then it's going to be, my life's going to be ruined. And, you know, when I, I just didn't imagine ever telling anyone, I think, you know, there was a part of me that thought maybe one day, I didn't know what I, I don't remember now. It's hard to, to be honest, 
I, you know, I started listening to your podcast pretty much from the beginning and that was like what, four over four years ago now? It was. Maybe. Yeah. And it, that really changed. This isn't just to be flattering to you. This is sort of explain how it's hard to remember even it's because for four years I've thought about it so differently that I was living with so much shame and I would have given anything not to, to have it taken away. And I suffered with a lot of mental health issues my whole life, you know, depression and anxiety and, you know, going to pretty dark places. And I think that was part of it was feeling like this was something that was wrong with me. I think when you can't be open with even people you're dating about yourself, you know what I mean? There's only so much intimacy you can get to. 100%. Especially when when you're talking about growing up and like basically thinking about this every single night of your life. Like that's Mm -hmm. a big part of your time and your in your own yeah. mind you know yeah totally so i never told anyone i never told like even girlfriend even had like a, a girlfriend that was pretty kinky once when i was in my uh early 20s i guess and she was definitely more of a submissive type and i think she you know what i mean in retrospect she might have even gone for trying if i had like tried to introduce diapers because she was really open and we had like a really fun time and there was not a lot of uh, you know, we broke up because she, we both sort of felt like we had good sexual chemistry, but I think we didn't really have a lot more than that, even though we were friends and she was moving to another country to go back to school. So it was just sort of an amical breakup. So I don't know where that would have gone, but immediately after, uh, she left, I did start hanging out more with another friend of ours. These, these are all people I met at work, <laughs> which I know is funny. And it's like, a, it sounds like it's like, that's both can be great. It's also different because I was working in like food service, hospitality right. realm. So it's a little bit different than an office. There's, I mean, nowadays, of course, you, everyone needs, should be, needs to be aware that like asking out coworkers isn't always like the best thing to do. But yeah. I don't even mean nowadays, you know what I mean? Especially, yeah. but we weren't, none of us were so, each other's superiors. We were all peers. It was sort of the culture of this like restaurant where like you know new people would come in, you try to size them up and see if they wanted to go out because that's absolutely like, it, was a fun way to, it was a fun way to meet people and you got to know them before you would even date them because you like see them at work, you know what they laugh about, you know what, yeah. how their work ethic is. You get to know them in interesting ways. So yeah, the, I, I dated two people consecutively that were I met in restaurant work, and it's the one that's the second one is the one that's now my part been my partner for ten years. Wow. So I still didn't know if I could tell her. I didn't know how I did some of the the great mistakes you've talked about on here, which is just wearing like one from the pharmacy and she would come home and I'd be wearing it Uh and I would make up some excuse about like, you know, I've told you I used to have bedwetting problems when I was a kid. I'm really stressed right now. I think I'm having some problems. So like, I'm just wearing this. I hope it doesn't make you uncomfortable. And she's like, no, I understand. That's cool. You know, I'm kind of weirded out. But of course my mind is just going to be like, actually you look kind of hot. That's you know, every like, fantasy, that's right? <laughs> yeah. I'm then, getting a weird feeling yeah, from this. Think, yeah. And she knew I was kinky because we had like long friendship before we started dating. Like we talked about stuff, I think, you know, and she had expressed like, you know, that she kind of liked the idea of being dominant and I expressed the idea that I like being submissive. So there was definitely an element of play in our relationship that had those elements, but I always felt like a little bit like, uh, I can't tell her this because it's the worst thing about me, you know, which right. is like something to talk about. So, uh, but then I, I, you know, we've been together like six years at this point, Bro- you know, we broke up a couple of times, very brief pattern moments, but we lived together for like five or six years. And so it's just crazy to me that I'm like hiding this aspect of my life. You know, I'm doing some binging and purging with, which is just, as you know, such a waste of money. Yeah. I'm still not, I'm still afraid to order actual like ABDL diapers from the companies, even though I see online how much better they are in some ways. Yeah. So I'm just like going to the pharmacy, you know, 
and like yeah. trying to find stuff that works and then hiding that in my closet and then throwing them all away with when I start to feel ashamed of it because I don't want her to find them. But even then I tell her like, and then I have this sort of lie that sometimes I feel like I have nighttime incontinence, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm using that as a way where it's like, if she sees them, she's not going to be like freaked out. But then we've been together for so long. It just happened to coincide with like your, me starting to listen to your podcast. So I was like, okay, I've never heard a podcast one, you know, like I tried to listen to different AB Dale podcasts. It's nothing against any of them, but I think a lot of them had these sort of little voice to the hosts. Yeah. If that makes sense. I and know it was kind mean. of turned me off. I was like, these aren't, and it's also, they're not, they're not, they weren't really like your style. Your, yours had a very specific mission statement and it was exactly what I needed to hear. So I listened to it, you know, I, I was listening. I think I probably started when you were already in like a few episodes. I don't remember, but, but I listened to it a lot for months. I, it was months of me listening to it before. Like, I think it was probably in like May. Actually, you know what? I remember the date that I told her. Wow. Because because it was that joke of Star Wars Day, May the 4th. Yeah, May the 4th be with May the 4th be with you. With you. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, okay, I listened, I like walked around, literally listened to like, re-listened to one of your podcasts that I felt like was most of like what I was going to do. Came back home and was like, I need to tell you something. Can you sit down? <laughs> like, of course, I've already made a mistake, but I'm like, she's sitting on the bed and she's like, okay. And I'm like, I don't remember my wording. I'm like, you know, this is just something I feel like our relationship's getting serious. I feel like we can get married and I don't want to take that step without you knowing this thing about me because I feel like it would be unfair. She's like, okay. And I'm like, I, uh, I can't look at her. I'm like, I have a diaper fetish. She's like, is that it? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh my God, I thought it was going to be so much worse. I think I kind of already knew. <laughs> and I was just like, I just laid for it on the bed face down. It was just like, felt this like weight come off of me, you know? Yeah. And it was like, I was like, she was like, why is this so like emotional for you? And I was like, I don't think you understand the amount of shame, the amount of fact that I have worried you were going to think I was a pedophile. She's like, no, it's like the opposite of pedophilia. And I was like, oh my God, what wow. time have I been waiting? Why did I wait this long? You know what I mean? And, and so it was just sort of like, I still made some mistakes. I still like, you know, said, you've talked about like, don't wait till you're dating someone for so long before you tell them because <laughs> they're going to feel like you've hidden something from them. Yeah. Don't try to do little clues. But I got really lucky that she just like, one thing I think the luckiness was that our relationship had so much of another foundation from being together for so long. And we were at a good place, which is why I felt like we might get married, which is why I felt like I needed to be honest. So, so, so there was a couple good things going in my favor, even though I made mistakes, I think. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be perfect about it. I think the most important part is that you at least try and it worked out for you. Yeah, totally. That's great. I think I did make, yeah, I think I made a few mistakes after, which were things like, um, again, like I think people probably experience this as like, I was so relieved to have told the first person in my life about this. Now someone literally, like no one literally that I knew in real life knew this about me, you know, no one, I didn't even have online friends that knew about it because I didn't have this community yet like things hadn't developed i hadn't i was not on tumblr i um which is insane because i'm like a nerd who likes sex fetish stuff so that seemed like the perfect platform for me <laughs> but I, I just somehow missed it i don't know and then i was really into instagram but i was always just browsing people's accounts from my vanilla account you know and like yeah. not really not really liking anything or following anybody or messaging anyone because one i didn't want to message someone to come off as creepy and i didn't want to message someone from a you know basically a vanilla account which i know people sometimes don't want to interact with vanilla accounts at all for their safety, you know, for a good reason. So I hadn't told anyone. So there's this relief of telling her this person I was in love with. And then I, so I started to say some things I didn't really shouldn't have said, which is like, 
You don't ever have to look at them. You don't ever have to see me in them. I'm just so happy that you know about this. Like, we don't have to do anything. You know what I mean? Like, why am yeah. I saying this? And then you're like, like wait, but I, I do now. want just, that. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. So I I think I was just trying to make her feel comfortable because she then, of course, did, did what you don't want them to do is Googled it and came back the next day and was like, I just want to make sure. I read something where a girl said that her boyfriend could only have an orgasm if he was messing his diaper. And I was like, no, that is not me at all. I don't you think, think she'd know people. after six years of being Yes, together. exactly. We had a very, like, we have, like, a very healthy vanilla chemistry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, sex, like, sex life. There's nothing about it that was, she, I think she just thought, like, you know, people read these things where it's like, once my partner came out, that's all they were willing to do, which is true. Like, people, get, you know, we can all go through bad habits where we, we're not good at, which is something you talk about, about, like, finding balance, making rules for yourself, like, I need to work out or clean the house before I can even wear or yeah. something like that. I think she, it's just it was so much new information for her that I had to tell her, like, please don't Google anything. Just ask me. Yeah. It's um, so different for everyone, you know? Yeah. And so even then, I didn't really explain it well. And so, like, one thing that happened is I was like, okay, now I can order them. And so I ordered, you know, some good, like, disposables from one of the companies. I'm not going to say their name because they're not paying me. So Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> one of the, like, big companies, and I really liked them. I got, like, a variety of them. I was writing them and she seemed like a little put off, you know, like she said it was fine, but she said she didn't want to like, she would, she said things in the past, like, you know, I don't, it's fine if you wear it, but I'm never going to see you as a sexual person wearing them. And then it was this sort of devastation again. Like there's this diminishing returns, right? You like, you have this great elation when you tell someone, but then that kind of wears off when you realize you want more. And so, but then like, this is over the course of years, you know, me like being ashamed and then like not talking about it at all, putting them away, being afraid to even like when we see like references on TV, like when Miley Cyrus was doing her thing, I don't know, mm-hmm. with, yep. with diapers and stuff, like my, my, my partner will kind of joke and be like, mm-hmm, see, and, but we won't, I would, I would never have the comments to be like, yeah, can I wear some? And so fi- like there was a couple different things like that. And then finally though, she basically, it was all a lack of communication. Like she told me, I honestly don't like, Oh, I think I was saying something. She was saying something about the crinkling being weird. And I was like, oh, that's part of like, I like the crinkliness because it's embarrassing. It's part of it being embarrassing for me. Like that I can't hide the crinkly noise in front of you. And she's like, oh, I didn't even get that as being part of it. She was like, I don't like it because it reminds me of when I was like taking care of an older relative and I had to change their diapers. Right. So, and she was like, so the, disposa- the disposables I associate with like death and medical issues. And she was like, what if you got a cloth diaper? And I was like, oh, I would totally try that. And so I ordered, you know, like I actually went back, I think, and listened to that interview you did with that guy. You guys did like an in-depth cloth Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm like on this. If you're really like, that was like a gift. That was like music to my ears. You're not creeped out by me wearing a diaper. You're having associations with it being like caring for an old relative, you know? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of times people need to like ask questions of their partners and figure out, don't assume that they're creeped out by you. Find out what, if it's a fetish item, especially an object, find out what their associations are with it and what you can, how you can work around that. Absolutely. I love that. I love yeah. that. Because a lot of people might not, they do. Mm-hmm. They'll just assume, you know, it's because of me or it's something they'll never do because it's just like wrong. Yeah. But right. there's a lot that goes into play behind it. Unless, and unless you talk about those uncomfortable things, you'll never know. Yeah. All right. So what do you guys think so far? I really enjoyed talking to Chance so much that I decided to create a part two of this episode. So stay tuned until next week to hear the rest. Bye for now. Bye.